0: The ShopRite of Huntington is now open, located on New York Avenue, just one mile south of Main Street in Huntington Village, owned and operated by the Greenfield family. With all the value and variety you love from ShopRite, plus fully stock shelves and plenty of parking. Don't wait. Come on in and check out the ShopRite of Huntington today. ShopRite. Check out happy. Visit ShopRite.com today to learn more. Hi, this is Kevin
1: McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. For example, in their latest book, the authors observed that in the digital age, we are constantly bombarded with comparison, rage, anxiety, and sexual temptation. And it's all Too easy to fall into patterns of thought that wreak havoc on our minds and cause feelings of guilt. However, in their new book published by Salem Books titled Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation, New York Times bestselling authors Steve Arterburn and Marcus Brotherton teach us how to take our thoughts captive and identify the root of our struggle and structure our lives in a way that facilitates biblical mental health. Who better to tell us more about it than Steve Arterburn, founder and chairman of New Life Ministries. As you know, he's host of the number one nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live. You hear it every day, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 105.1 FM WAVA and also on Sirius XM channel 131 Family Talk Radio. Steve, as always, my friend, a delight to welcome you to the show, and uh, this is no exception.
0: Well, thank you, Don. You know, I love being on with you. I love what you do. Uh, when people see the the biblical worldview uh, rate of people that have a biblical worldview so short, low, uh, in many cases non-existent, it's important. People like you are out there day in, day out telling the truth. And I think a lot of folks would never go to work and say, yeah, I I listen to Christian radio, but they do. And when they do, they hear life-changing truth. And I I love that about Christian radio. It's so private that even the atheist can turn it on and nobody will know except Jesus. And then we can have some life change.
1: (laughs) I agree with you hundred percent. In fact, I've had a saying for years that I about radio, I said I love radio because I, with radio, I can go where I'm not even invited.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yes, indeed. Well, listen, well, speak
1: about yeah. this powerful new book. What you well, first of all, what do you say? What would you say is the core message of the book that led you and your colleague Marcus to write this?
0: Well, the core message is that you can have a thought life that honors God. And connects you with God. And there are strategies whenever there is a temptation to destroy that, the thought life, the connection with God, there are strategies that you can implement to help you. But also we point people to uh, deeper problems that may be surfacing in the form of thought life. But I, wanna, I want you to know that uh, the last time Marcus Brotherton and I wrote a book <clears throat> two years ago, it was Book of the Year. And this book, I think, is so much better, and I've never had, this is absolutely true in all the books I've, I've written, never had better response from people interviewing me or, or just people that, that read it. It is really a, an extremely healthy book. And when we got together to write another book, we said, what could impact the life of a Christian and non-believer the most? And that's when we came up with the thought life. It is always an issue with people that are struggling.
1: Well, many of us know the scripture, a very familiar one, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are really, more than any of us may realize, the daily and hourly product for good, bad, or indifferent. We're the product of our thought life, aren't
0: we? We are. And, you know, so many people don't know the God that I know him to be. He isn't just loving. He is love. A lot of people don't experience that. They don't know about that. Uh, J.B. Phillips, one of the greatest uh, Bible scholars, said the most astounding verse that I've ever run across is God is rich in mercy. Mm. Well, so many people are living in shame, not mercy and grace that is there for them. And so one of my ultimate goals is to change the way a person uh, thinks about God. If you are full of shame and you think you've gone too far, sinned too much, then that identity that you're living in uh, is, well, it's exactly where Satan wants you. And I've been there. and, And then Chuck Swindoll, I heard him say, your past just ended one second ago. Why would you live in it? And that began the process of transformation for me. God does not want you living in shame, thinking you're shameful, all those things. That's what Satan wants you to think. God wants you to know he's called you. You haven't out him or his plan for you. And, and there is a perfect calling and will for you and a plan. And we need to get rid of anything that's standing in the way of that and and most people that are struggling it's the thought life that's standing in the way of them living into the identity and the calling that God has on their life.
1: And before the first break you just triggered something else there and that is uh everyone who's having and we've all had certainly we every every person has this struggle. This is common to man uh, yeah. and woman for that matter but is it not true that one of the tools of the devil is to make us feel that somehow we are unique in this regard, that no one else has this kind of struggle or struggle perhaps in the area that is our particular area of struggle? Would that be a fair thing to say?
0: Yes. Satan wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep you sinning and he wants to keep you separate from everybody else. Mm. And as long as we're not open about what we're going through, finding strategies to stop what we're doing and and just in our shame leaving everybody out except us the shame and maybe even a person that is helping us to feel shameful and there's victory here in this book you can get out of that kind of existence because you know and when i read scripture uh aaron first chief priest was worshiping a golden calf and God didn't take the calling away. Yep. He restored him. And Peter right. said he never met Jesus. He didn't take the calling away. He restored him. And there's not one person listening to me that God does not want to restore. And he will. Uh, Romans twelve two says, you can transform your life by letting God change the way you think. And I believe we've created a tool that God can use to change the way you think.
1: And Steve, talk about the, the role of willpower because some folks say, look, I know my thinking is really destructive, it's not right, but I just don't seem to have the willpower to bring it under control. And uh, as scripture says, uh, we're told to take our thoughts captive, but folks say, I don't know how to do that.
0: Well, if you're saying that you don't have enough willpower, you are way ahead of most people mm. because a lot of people think that trying harder is just going to eventually provide success. But in my life, trying harder just makes trying harder. And so <laughs> we, we got to say to ourselves, uh, I could do this experiment over and over again and fail, or I could ask the Holy spirit to empower me. I could yeah. surrender to the God of the universe. I could begin to fill my thoughts with uh, what other people have found to be successful. Thoughts from God out of Scripture, uh, that's the gift of realizing you don't have the willpower to do it. You've got willpower to do a lot of things. But if you've been struggling with something, and you know the the mind is such a horrible, horrible uh, place for you to be storing resentments and, and also uh, bitterness or even uh, depressing thoughts that you just can't get over. And, you know, we talk about uh, the the dilemma with pornography, addiction, or usage, is that, you know, when you quit drinking vodka, you can detox from that, but images stay in your mind for an extremely long time, and they'll pop up on a regular basis unless you do something about it. And so we've got some really good strategies in Every Believer's Thought Life, so that you're not controlled by your past, past thoughts, images, or anything like that. And, and this book is just as helpful to somebody who is consumed with anxiety and worry. I know people that they just invent things to worry about, even though in their heart, they know uh, it's going to be okay, because it's always been okay. So I don't I don't care what it is that the brain is struggling with. We can help you to take the thoughts captive and replace them. You know, uh, this old uh, preacher, Chalmers, back in the 1700s, he created this sermon called The Expulsive Power of a Higher Affection. And what he was saying was when you have something you want more than whatever it is in your head, that helps you have the power to get rid of the bad thing but you're not going to get rid of the crummy thing unless you have something better more enjoyable uh, something that you're really thriving for as your higher affection john piper called it a superior pleasure that's what we want people going for with their mind and not just stopping something but starting a process that connects you with god for instance we say if you're grumbling all the time and say, "Man, I can't believe my wife's this, or my or my husband's this," well, turn that into a prayer, and you'll be doing what God wants you to do, and that is praying without ceasing and connecting with Him. So you say, "Lord, you know I am struggling here with what she did. Help me, Lord, to forgive, to accept, and uh, hey, and thanks for our time together." So you can you can get that bitterness out. Uh, and that that dialogue, inner dialogue, isn't helping anybody by turning it into a prayer all day long.
1: Now, is this part of what really, uh, so I'm glad you went in that direction. Is this part of uh, why you wrote this book uh, after the Everyman series? Uh, folks might assume, well, he's done so much work, he's written so much in that area of sexual temptation and so forth. But I'm, I'm really uh, I'm impressed that this thing goes much deeper and much broader than just that area of struggle, because you're right. There's so many people who struggle with the very things you've just cited, anxiety and worry and concern and fear and other things all together. And this book can help them, right?
0: Yes. And and it is uh, applicable to every thought life problem yeah, yeah. that you have and uh We've found that there is not a believer that doesn't have some struggle in some area. And many times they don't know the source of it. And I think the book can help you get to the source, which ultimately is going to help you live more free. You express
1: uh, also some apprehension over the phrase, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, a lot of people can use that as an excuse to just keep on uh, doing whatever they're yeah. destructively doing. You know, like everybody sins, I'm one of them, uh, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Listen, uh, there's so many things that you can do other than find some saying or, or some belief that prevents you from moving forward. And I would just say this, the next right thing is what you need to do. want to know what the next right thing is well it's probably the most difficult thing to do and that's why you haven't done it but when you're more concerned about your relationship with god than you are with human beings or you're you have an eternal perspective versus just an earthly perspective then you're starting to want to give up things that temporarily make you feel good and you want to replace those with things that make you feel good about yourself. I mean, that's what mature adulthood is, doing things that make me feel good about myself and doing things that make others feel grateful to be alive. And, you know, that's just my my mission in life. I want to help people where they're struggling so they can be grateful they're alive versus wondering why they're alive.
1: To what extent does our identity play a role in our thought life, Stephen? How do we live out our true identity?
0: Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people are faking it. And um, I, I have a little uh, lapel pin that I use, and it's my false identity. And I've got little things written on it that are not true about me. And, <laughs> and my point is we do that uh, so often when we go to church, and uh, then we take it off when we get out of Church, be, being true to yourself is is taking the time to say, who am I? What is it that inspires me? Motivates me? What are the actions? If I add them up, what are the things that I say? What do they add up to be? That's who I really am. And if I can face that, if I can see it, then I have the ability to change it. But if I'm blind to it, I never will. You know, uh, we've got people uh, like we have a restore workshop coming up on. Uh, February 17th, women that have been hurt by men with sexual integrity problems. Well, I've spoken to them, and I've been in their place. Not only do you have the hurt of betrayal, you've been given this duty, this task, to forgive the person that caused the hurt. Now, forgiveness doesn't do anything for the other person. It does it for you. We need to walk through it so we don't have to step back into it every time something comes up. And so we do that workshop for women who just hate the fact, and me too, that not only is there this horrible pain of finding out about the betrayal, but now I have to go through that forgiveness process. Talk
1: about steps. Are there practical things that folks can do to really start to restructure their thought life so that it becomes more productive and healthier?
0: Yes. Yes. Every day, I start out with five statements that kind of get me centered before I get into the Bible that helps me kind of focus the day. But what I say is this. I say, number one, God, not me. I'm putting God before me and then God with me. I want constant contact with God. And then others before me, others with me. I need I need to put others first. I need to connect with others. And then the final fifth one is me, the real me. So if you'd start with five things like that, when you wake up, ask God to help you with that. That's a great way to start. Then you need to move over and get some of God's wisdom. If all you have time to do is read one proverb, do that. Because it'd be better for you to read 365 proverbs a year then none. And so make time for that. I think anybody can take 10 minutes to read the Bible. You can show up 10 minutes late to most things and people think you're on time. So 10 minutes a day with scripture does it. But the other thing is I need to have a God thought that I can come up with whenever I struggle. And so uh, if I'm thinking, man, I'm a horrible guy, I need to go to that God thought. God is rich yeah. in mercy. God's rich in mercy. What's mercy? It's for me. It, it's grace. I didn't earn it. So that's how I can replace that old trail of stuff with a God thought, a godly thought, something that's good, pure, and true. If I don't have any scripture to put in there, I don't have anything. The other thing we can do is... What is a very healing place that you've been, you know, when you were there by that stream or you were up in the snow or the desert, wherever, you you immediately go to that vision and you say to yourself, this is what God did for me. Because you can remember that healing experience that you had there or an insight came there. So there are things like that that we can do on the surface. But we also need to look at the source, look at the deeper thing. You know, if if pornography is in my life, there's almost a one hundred percent guarantee there's anger and bitterness and some unfinished business from childhood. And so we want to help you to get to that also so that you can truly be free in Christ. Because when you're free in Christ, you are free indeed. That's what that's my hope for every person. It always has been. It's our 35th year of watching people transform because they allowed God to transform yeah. their thought life.
1: Well, on that note, two final questions. One, where's the best place to get the book? And two, how can people support and partner with you in the ministries of New Life?
0: Well, you can get the book at newlife.com or anywhere else you get books, Books a Mary and Amazon, all of that. Um, so, so, I, And I hope people will just do it I, You will not be disappointed Marcus is just one incredible writer I have thoughts and beliefs He's the one that makes it readable And so him and the editors <laughs> at the publisher But um, you can support New Life By listening to the program And if you like what you hear, support us If you don't like what you hear, come to one of our intensive workshops and let us help you we have emotional freedom uh, coming up on april 15th and whatever you're struggling with it's online we can give you help there and of course we do every man's battle every single month you can support us by coming to one of the things that we do that's life-changing or you can decide i want to be part of transforming other people's lives and uh, we'll tell you how to do that at 1-800-NEW-LIFE or newlife.com
1: As always, a delight to talk with you, my friend. Keep up the great work, and we're praying God will continue to make uh, 2023 your best year yet.
0: And same to you, Don. Uh, I love being with you, and I just think you're one of the great giants in this spiritual world, and we've got a lot of people that are not giants. So keep up the good work that you're doing.
1: Thank you. Steve Arterburn, co-author of a new book. As you know, he's one of the most prolific writers, and they're all good uh, all good books, good stuff, as we might say, but this one's especially uh, really designed to help us in our thought life. Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation. You can get it, as he said, at newlife.com and as, uh, at other usual sources. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe
0: today. The ShopRite of Huntington is now open, owned and operated by the Greenfield family. With all the value and variety you love from ShopRite, visit the ShopRite of Huntington, just one mile south of Main Street in Huntington Village. ShopRite. Check out Happy.